Greetings, peasants. I mean, hello, noble heroes and adventurers. Welcome back to the Knights and Nerds podcast. This is Tim, your dungeon master, and I want to say thank you very much for joining us. Uh, this is not a campaign episode, as you've probably guessed. Uh, today we're talking about creating villains, creating enemies for your campaign, how you can do it by using classes in the player's handbook as inspiration. And today we're going to start off with the Bard. But before we get into it, today we're not discussing spoilers. So if you did not listen to the behind the screen episode that came out a few weeks ago, that's totally fine. You can't listen to this if you want. Maybe you're not a dungeon master. Maybe you are just curious about what goes into creating a villain. Or maybe you just need something to listen to while you kill time at work, hoping that nobody notices that you're playing Minesweeper. Do people still play Minesweeper? I don't know. So, like I said, today we're starting off with the Bard, even though I know that alphabetically, Barbarian comes first. I just had some cool ideas with creating villains based on the Bard class that I wanted to share. Uh, We'll get to Barbarian soon enough, I'm sure. I didn't want to set out to create a villain that was just a Bard. I didn't want to create a character that was just building a bard according to the player's handbook and then making them a bad guy. I was using the player's handbook more for inspiration to get ideas and also that thing called the internet. I use a little bit of that too. And a good point to start was to ask myself what a bard does as a character. Bards charm, they inspire, they manipulate, and they heal. That's out of the player's handbook. Typically, they are a support class, but we are not looking at them as a class in terms of being part of an adventuring party. And often they're considered to be sort of jack of all trades, but master of none. They're very good at a lot of things, but they don't excel necessarily at one particular thing. And a good starting point is to maybe find a few aspects of the character or the class that interest you and hone in on them, like a bard that charms and manipulates. That word manipulate really gets me because that's that is kind of what a lot of villains do, especially villains that aren't sheer power. Villains that are smart, like mind flayers, very intelligent, they manipulate. Going headlong into combat, probably not their first choice about how to handle a situation. Another thing about bards is that, in many cases, they play instruments and creating a villain that has sort of a signature magical item or artifact that is also musical could be a really cool part of an adventure or a campaign. Focusing in on the musical instrument is how I sort of landed on one of the examples that I'll share with you, which we'll get to in a moment, but I just wanted to say that I've sort of sketched out three different ideas here. Uh, One for a low-level party to take on, like levels one to five, perhaps. Uh, One for a higher-level party, and then maybe one for an epic-level party. Now, I'm not going to be going into details in terms of what the armor class would be, how many hit points they have. I'm more focusing on just how to get the ball rolling by using information in the player's handbook, and that's readily available on the internet, to help you get started. 
So for the low-level bard-inspired villain, I got to thinking who are the most well-known fictional or mythological bards. And obviously the answer is John Ralphio and Mona Lisa Saperstein, characters who are musical and try to manipulate people to get what they want. They're probably not the best example, actually. I was I was just joking. I think the most well-known example would be the Pied Piper. Everybody knows that the Pied Piper goes into a village, cures it of pests, demands payment, and when the Pied Piper does not receive the payment, uses music to enchant and entrance the village's children and absconds with them. And something else that I like to do when creating D&D characters is to pair up a race, and a class that don't necessarily often go together. When it comes to bards, people tend to think of human, elves, half-elves. I've even seen some examples with tieflings. And I'm sure I'm not the first person to think of a drow, but I thought it would be cool to have, um, for this example, a drow bard. Combining these ideas of a drow with the Pied Piper led me to the idea of a drow that is after certain residents of a small town or village, perhaps for revenge. Uh, You can choose whatever motivation you'd like. But uses mystical, undercommon music to put some of the villagers into trances and to lure them out of the village into nearby caves or even to compel them to throw themselves into the town well. And this would be sort of a neat... Uh, side quest for heroes that are passing through a small village to solve the problem or solve the mystery of what is causing these people to uh, to do this. Could be any number of reasons. It could be that the villagers are encroaching on the drow's home territory by maybe mining or something like that. That's just the first idea that came to my head. And really, as I said in the behind the screen episode, when you're brainstorming, it's probably best to write out a list of at least five ideas, throw away the first few because they're the most obvious, Uh, try for a list of like maybe 10. If you can go for a list of 10 ideas, throw away the first two or three because those first ones are always the most obvious and therefore the least original. So there it is. Number one, Drow Bard that uses some crazy undercommon mystical music to entrance people, get the villagers to sort of zombie walk out of the village into the night or gets them to like throw themselves into wells or maybe throw themselves into a river. Uh, You can go as dark or as comical as you want with that. For the second example, and this is one that I was really interested in, I was thinking about musical instruments. What would be a cool, atypical musical instrument for a villain character to use? I think the most typical instruments used are things like lutes or lyres, flutes, mandolins, violins, maybe even drums. But I didn't really want to go with any of those. Not that there's anything really wrong with them. I just had the idea after seeing an ad for the Phantom of the Opera being back in production, something I saw when I was a very small child, I got to thinking about a pipe organ. How cool would that be? But it's not really a practical instrument for a bard to carry around, is it? Well, if your, if your enemy has a layer, it could be a, something that gives layer effects. It could be this really big, imposing 
instrument that shakes the ground and threatens to collapse the cave if you're in a cave, or threatens to collapse the building if you're just indoors. But I got to thinking, why can't it be mobile? And that's when I got to remembering my old days of playing tabletop Warhammer. I usually played the Skaven, which were a lot of fun. They died super easily and ran away even easier. And uh, the, the army that I least liked playing against were the dwarves. They had all sorts of cannons and things that shot, and rarely did my little Skaven rat army cross the table uh, successfully before being shot to pieces. But one of the war machines in this, I, I can't remember which edition of Warhammer this was, uh, I believe was called the Organ Gun. Uh, it was basically like a... It looked like a pan flute, a giant pan flute where each each barrel was a cannon. It was pretty intimidating. So I got to thinking, why couldn't a motivated enough maniac set up a magical pipe organ on a war chariot and ride it into battle? I mean, that would be pretty cool, right? And what you could flavor that with is some spells, and you can give that pipe organ some different effects, sort of with a bard-ish flavor on it, in a similar way that beholders have multiple attacks per different eye stock, you can give this pipe organ different effects on different turns. Things that really speak to what a bard is all about. Charming people, manipulating them, getting them to do what they want. Things like crown of madness, or confusion, or mass suggestion. Or, if you want, you can throw in one or two spells that are just straight-up damage dealers, like Call Lightning. You know, you can get as mean with it as you like. And if you want to get even more vicious, you throw a couple of nightmares pulling that war chariot that has your crazy villain with his death organ on it. Uh, Death organ sounds weird. I'm not going to use that term again. I apologize. So yeah, there's example number two. Something that would be good for a party of, well, you know what? You can make it as challenging as you like. I don't want to say what level it should be or could be. Uh, that's up to you. I just, if it was me, if I was running it, it would be a party of like level 8 to 12, something like that. And lastly, the epic level bard-inspired villain. Here we go. I have to say, this is the one that I had the most trouble with because for me, when you get into epic level villains, it really comes down to what their motivation is. So for this, I really focused in on the aspect of the bard where they are out for knowledge. Like the College of Lore bards are out for knowledge, and that could lead them into all sorts of trouble. Uh, forbidden knowledge, if you're into sort of the cosmic horror thing, learning something that they shouldn't know, something so terrible that it drives them insane, perhaps. And as a bard, they go around spreading that insanity by song. Or if you wanted to go more of the demigod trickster route, uh, I did read after a quick Google search of mythological tricksters and mythological bards. I got a couple of ideas. I read about something called the Apple of Discord, which I believe is from Greek myth, and the Apple sows discord amongst the gods, which could be an interesting thing if you have this trickster character who is, you know, just because maybe they're tired of the way the world is, wants to get two gods who are currently at peace fighting with each other. Uh, maybe for the purpose of weakening 
each of those God's followers, so the God that they secretly worship, can fill in the power gap when those two gods weaken each other. Just to recap what I said a moment ago, if you're more interested in sort of the cosmic horror approach, you could have your bard find knowledge from, let's say, one of the great old ones. You could kind of throw a little bit of a warlock vibe in there, that this bard has been given special knowledge of things that no person should know, and now goes around sharing it just to cause chaos because it's all they can do to keep from going completely insane. Or to sort of take the reverse approach, if you want to have a very high-level, epic-level bard who is concerned with accumulating knowledge, maybe they worship a god like Vecna, uh, you could have this bard insinuate him or herself into the court of kings, manipulating them, making the kings, queens, and nobles tell the bard all their darkest secrets, and the bard alone, I shouldn't say bard, the villain, has the power to destabilize the entire kingdom, or send it to war. In that regard, maybe they're a servant of Bane and just want to set two kingdoms on a collision path that ends in war. And when I did look up mythological bards, one of the results I got was a Norse character named Bragi. I don't, I'm not pronouncing that correctly. It might be Bragi, but it could be Bragi. Anyways, what does Bragi do? I'm just going to read a few snippets. This is from norsemythology.org. Bragi, by the way, is spelled B-R-A-G-I. Bragi is a poet, a wise and learned bard of Valhalla. Old Norse poetry from the Viking Age frequently features him in regaling the, the dead who dwell in Valhalla and welcoming recently deceased heroes into their midst. In one Eddic poem, he is depicted as having runes carved on his tongue. Okay, can we just stop for a second and think about how awesome that is? If you are fighting this epic-level villain who has a magic tongue, so that sounds almost as bad as Death Organ, but once the heroes defeat that villain, maybe they can carve that tongue out and keep it as a relic that gives them weird powers. Anyways, continuing. Bragi was originally the historical 9th century bard, uh, Bragi Bodasan. His poems were so outstandingly artful and moving that subsequent generations imagined that upon his death, Odin had appointed him the court poet of Valhalla. After all, a troop of elite warriors, kings, and others favored by Odin needed an elite bard to sing of their countless exploits. So here's really what I've focused in on as sort of my favorite of all these options here. You have this legendary storyteller. Could be a bard, it could just be someone who's a, a poet in your world who dies and gets resurrected by a god. Like that deity perhaps needs an emissary or an ambassador. Maybe they're a herald of doom sent out to spread the word that this evil deity is on the horizon and everybody should start crapping their pants. And really, you could sort of fashion how this villain would behave based on what god resurrected him or her. A herald serving a god like Vecna, again, could insinuate and manipulate nobles and kings and queens, or flip it on its head, maybe Vecna just wants those secrets only for himself and his herald goes about stealing them, robbing people of important information to the point where a kingdom comes grinding to a halt because it can no longer function properly. 
a herald serving a god of death, could wander the countrysides singing or playing instruments that raise corpses from the ground and slowly amasses an army of the dead like the Night King. And of course, serving a god in the domain of war, this bard could charm dozens or even hundreds of people at a time to create an army to serve this god when the war is about ready to begin. And I would be remiss if I did not mention if you did want to go more of the trickery route, uh, if this bard is perhaps serving a god simply content to sow chaos because it hates law and order or it hates how the world is and just wants to see it burn, uh, do yourself a favor. Look at the high-level ability for the rogue arcane trickster. As I'm reading it now, it also seems like it would be good for somebody serving a god of the knowledge domain like Vecna. At 17th level, you gain the ability to magically steal the knowledge of how to cast a spell from another spellcaster. Immediately after a creature casts a spell that targets you or includes you in its area of effect, you can use your reaction to force the creature to make a saving throw with its spellcasting ability modifier. The DC equals your blah blah blah. On a failed save, you negate the spell's effects against you, and you steal the knowledge of the spell if it is at least first level and of a level you can cast. Well, you know, as a DM, you can sort of, sort of hand wave around that. For the next eight hours, you know the spell and can cast it using your spell slots. The creature can't cast that spell until the eight hours have passed. So if you're in a fight against a high-level party, and one of the players gets all excited because they're about to break out a high-power spell, well, prepare to steal their thunder. That's it for now. I hope you guys found this somewhat useful. Uh, feel free to steal, use, modify any or all of these examples. I hope it's made character creation a little bit easier, and if you decide just to straight up steal them, it's made it a lot easier. I would love to hear what you think, and I would love it even more to hear if you use any of these or any variations of these in your own game. So get in touch with us on Facebook, Knights and Nerds Podcast. We are on Twitter and on Instagram at Knights and Nerds by email, Knights and Nerds Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, I'm an independent fantasy writer. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to thingstimrote.com slash books to look at some books that I wrote. Or if you'd rather not do that, that's cool too. Uh, you can throw a rating up on iTunes, something like that. Or if you're just content to listen, that's cool too. We're glad that you're here. And at the moment, we are giving away a set of dice and a dice bag. So if you want to win them, go to our Facebook page or our Instagram page for the details on how to enter. Until next time, peasants. <laughs>